Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech alumnus and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech alumnus and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, who's starting at quarterback for Clemson this year? Hunter Johnson, right? Maybe. Like to start the year or to end uh, the yeah, year? Yeah, see, that's or? the whole thing. So, Kelly Bryant. He's been there, knows the system. We kind of got into this discussion a little bit when we were talking about quarterbacks in the Atlantic a couple podcasts ago. I, it's it's tough because Dabo Swinney, obviously, with the track record of playing a more senior guy, he kind of went off the grain, of course, when Deshaun Watson was brought in. Cole Stout played for a little while. Watson played a majority of the snaps his freshman year before he got hurt. So it's tough. It's really hard because we've seen Deshaun Watson be the quarterback, the guy for Clemson the last few seasons all of a sudden he's gone and there's so much uncertainty at the position for the first time in a really long time so it'll be really interesting to see what they do my gut is that Dabo Swinney will not be going into the Auburn game second year second game of the year playing a freshman like Hunter Johnson but I do see a guy as talented as Hunter Johnson best quarterback in the country in the 2017 class by multiple recruiting outlets um, ESPN 300 he was a 21st ranked prospect overall have a really hard time seeing him not getting playing time this season. I'm just not sure it'll be very early in the year. I think they could try to ease him in. But, hey, if Kelly Bryant struggles early and Hunter Johnson's got a good grasp of the offense, you never know. Maybe he's a guy who jumps right in and plays right away. Yeah, as I mentioned on, on the uh, Atlantic quarterback discussion, as you as you said, I, I think that they're on the, the 2014 plan where they started the season with Cole Stout. Uh, played, got some playing time in for Deshaun Watson, and then eventually uh, pretty quickly went to Deshaun Watson as the full-time starter. I think it's going to look a bit like that this year. As you said, Kelly Bryant probably starts the year, starts the first few games. Uh, they got games at home against Auburn, on the road against Louisville. And week five, they're on the road in Blacksburg against your Virginia Tech Hokies. I, I think that Kelly Bryant starts those games. Um but you've got a home game in between the Louisville and Virginia Tech games where he, or you might be able to switch to Hunter Johnson. That's against Boston College. After you get back from Virginia Tech, you got a home game against Wake Forest. You can maybe switch to Hunter Johnson there. The point is, Mike, I think they start the season with Kelly Bryan as the starting quarterback, and eventually by the end of the season, I think uh, Hunter Johnson is the guy. But we'll have to see. Um, it, it totally depends. We haven't really seen a lot of, Hunter, or of, uh, sorry, of Kelly Bryant, and so – uh, it kind of stands to be seen what we're going to get from him. So it's going to be interesting to see the Clemson quarterback situation, how that all shakes out this year. I think we're in agreement that the the offense, as much as they have to replace, and especially replacing a guy that's, that was as successful at the college level as a Deshaun Watson, uh, Clemson's offense is not guaranteed the same level of success this year that we've seen the last couple of years. Um, there's a lot that they have to replace and, and most importantly, at that quarterback situation. So, uh, Mike, as we said 
previously, the first question that we received via email to basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com, once our podcast goes live, the first question that comes in will be answered to start the podcast next time. No questions asked. This one, once again, came from Mr. Andrew Parker, who, who got this one in just in the nick of time. We also got an email from Cliche Cat. You were just a little too late. We, uh, we might get to yours next time, but please try again if you are uh, so inclined. But again, cliche first question. Cat. Yeah, Cliche Cat. Uh, again, first question is always going to come from the emails, so uh, please keep sending those in. Uh, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Mike, second question. How are you, sir? Doing well, buddy. Another week of podcasting down. That's three weeks in a row now. Look at us. We're back on a streak here. Another week of podcasting down and another week uh, down until the end of the season. Or the, the end of the season. Gosh. The end of the off season. we'll say. Joey's uh, trying to get start... through football season already. Look at this, huh? Yeah, it's a stressful time. What are you doing? Yeah. We, we sit here recording this, Mike. We're only about six weeks out from the start of the season, so it's, it's go time. Uh, we recently had ACC Media Days, or otherwise known as the ACC Kickoff from Greensboro, North Carolina. And we, we need to talk about a couple things that came out of there. There wasn't really a whole lot of newsworthy items in terms of quarter, you know, coaches dropping bombs on who was going to start at quarterback or um, you know, announcements on people transferring or really any of that. It was more that um, it was just a lot of kind of trumpeting themselves as far as the conference goes. Uh, I believe I saw a tweet that uh, early on the 14th, which was the Friday, so the second day, uh, Bronco Mendenhall said that the ACC was the best league in the country. Easy for him to say. He went 2-10 and 10 last year. Right. No, it, it's, it helps to have a, a really good league around you when you're going 2-10. and 10. But more importantly, he was the eighth coach at that point to say something like that. That came from Matt Baker at MBakerTV Times on Twitter. Um, so a lot of boasting about how good this conference was last year. And I think that, that basically holds up. I mean, there were, there were numbers. They, they had the national champion. They had the Orange Bowl. They had the, the Heisman winner. There was all sorts of good stuff about this league in 2016, Mike. The question becomes, do we expect it to carry into 2017? Yeah, I have a hard time seeing it carry over, and that's not because the teams aren't going to be great. I mean, I think you're going to have a lot of good teams in the ACC this year. I think the problem is that your national champion, Clemson, is primed to take a step back. When you lose that much talent on offense, it's just, you know, naturally when... You do what you did last year. You win a national title. It's tough to re- repeat anyway, and you're in a position now where you got to replace all that talent on offense. And you know, repeating as a national champion, as an ACC Atlantic Division champion, becomes even harder than before. Um, so you look at a team like Clemson; they may take a step back. I think Florida State might take a step up. You know, I think a lot of pundits were really a little bit early on them last year. Um, a lot of people were high on them, expecting them to be uh, a team that would be you know, at the top of that Atlantic division, but, you know, really Florida State struggled there uh, to to really take that step. DeAndre Francois, obviously really good last year, but he's primed to take a step forward in year two, and they're hoping that, you know, he'll be the guy moving forward to propel them to the top. But And then you look at the Coastal. I mean, there's so many question marks in the Coastal division, right? Because you in the Atlantic, you have the quarterbacks. You got Lamar Jackson at Louisville. You got Francois at Florida State. You got Clemson returning all that talent on defense. And they got Hunter Johnson, one of the top quarterback recruits in the country, as you just mentioned. But in the Coastal, there are so many question marks. 
only two teams in the Coastal return a starting quarterback from last year. Virginia returns Kurt Benkert, which, I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you want to return Kurt Benkert? Maybe not. And then Duke has Daniel Jones, who's going to be really good. Other than that, there's a lot of question marks across that division. So how many of these teams are going to have enough offensive firepower in the ACC this year to become bowl eligible once again? Or, you know, not even bowl eligibility, but, you know, maybe get back to a conference championship game like Clemson, like Virginia Tech. They're both going to be starting new quarterbacks this year. Do they both have the offensive firepower and the talent around these quarterbacks to get back to the conference championship game and then, in Clemson's case, get back to a college football playoff and compete for a national championship? That's the real question. So I think the ACC will be talented, but there's so much talent lost from the 2016 version of the ACC that I have a hard time seeing them come back and be that same conference that did so well all season long last year had a national title contender, and had a Heisman winner, and you know did everything that they did during bowl season, just becoming one of the best conferences in the country, really throughout the second part of last season and beyond, of course, when Clemson ultimately won the national title game. So I don't see the ACC having the same level of success, but I still think the conference can be really good. Yeah, I, I think the big key here is that I, I agree. I think the ACC is going to continue to be excellent here in 2017. The difference is I think you're going to see a bit of a difference in style. Uh, I think you're going to see much more of a defensive focus in kind of where these teams excel rather than offensively. After you lose so many quarterbacks and so many various offensive weapons after 2016, this is just conference-wide. I mean, you look at Miami, you look at Virginia Tech, you look at Clemson, you look at Pittsburgh, etc. I mean, all these teams are, are losing so much offensive firepower. And yet a lot of these teams are also returning a ton of defensive firepower. And so... Um, I, I think that you're going to see a shift in the in where the league is good, and I I, I worry that that comes along with a change in perception. Uh, I think better defenses makes it look like makes it look like offenses are even less effective than maybe they actually are, and so I think that's my concern is that defenses taking over the league is going to hurt the perception, even though these teams will be equally competitive, if not more so, on the national scale. Totally fair. I mean, you do have the real, you know, you look at Florida State, you look at Clemson, they're going to be really good on defense. Virginia Tech's going to be really good on defense. Miami taking a step forward on defense. I mean, you could have a conference that, you know, as opposed to being, you know, defined by their offensive capabilities or now maybe defined by their defensive capabilities. It could be a completely different ACC in 2017 just from the shift in styles of play. And if we look at it from that perspective, you know, maybe it's the, not the most attractive style of play in the country. I mean, look at the Big 12. I mean, they were saying at their media days, oh, we're the best conference in the country. I mean, A, that's a joke anyway, and B, they play no defense. First one to 75 wins. Um, so it's all about perception and offensive and defensive styles of play. But I agree with you. I think that's a great point about the defense. I mean, you look at Clemson's offense last year, how exciting they were. It'll be a shock to me anyway if they're that exciting again this year just because you lose to Sean Watson you lose Wayne Gallman at running back, you lose Mike Williams at receiver, Artavis Scott. I mean, it's just going to be a different offense. So, yeah, I can, I can definitely agree with that. I can see that happening. Mike, one of the other things that happened at Media Days was the uh, the release of the preseason All-ACC team. Did you get a, t- a chance to look this over? I did. Um, interesting, right? I mean, not a ton of surprises. I think, you know, starting at quarterback, of course, Lamar Jackson is going to be the pick, right? Because how can you not pick him as, you know, the all ACC quarterback 
when he's coming off of a Heisman season. I mean, as good as DeAndre Francois is expected to be, it's it's pretty difficult to to not pick Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. I mean, Mark Walton at running back, not a huge surprise. But, Joey, one thing I want to point out, your boy Diedrich Mills getting some love on the all-ACC preseason football team, and you've been touting him for quite a while. Looks like he's finally getting some love there. He is definitely a ball player. Um, he, he's the leading returning rusher for Georgia Tech as a true freshman in, in not that many games. I mean, he went for uh, over 700 yards last year, 12 touchdowns. I think he was one of the leaders nationally, if not the single leader nationally, among freshmen in touchdowns. Um, he looks to be the workhorse running back for Georgia Tech. Um, if, if he can stay healthy and he can stay on the field, he had a couple of suspension issues last year. Hopefully he's worked through those. But Diedrich Mills really can be the ball carrier. I was a little surprised to see him on this list just because I haven't gotten used to seeing Georgia Tech skill position players on the All-ACC team. But I think when you consider, again, the players that were lost after last year, it just kind of starts to make sense that – Dedrick Mills, you know, as maybe he's got a little bit of developing left to do as he goes into his true sophomore season. There's not really a whole lot of anybody that was better than him last year that's returning outside of maybe Mark Walton. So uh, I think I think in you know all things considered, I think this is very much deserved for Dedrick Mills. I I wonder if just by the nature of how you have to defend Georgia Tech's offense, I wonder if he's able to keep up that production or if defenses will start to key in on him and open up other players to kind of rack up the stats. So time will have to tell. I'm, I'm not totally sure how that's going to work out, but I, I thought it was deserving, all things considered, that Diedrich Mills is on this list. Uh, but again, just kind of unusual for me seeing a, a Georgia Tech skill position player on the first team, all-ACC team here, uh, at least for the preseason. Not, not usually a group that gets a lot of hype. Yeah, definitely not. It's just good to see one of your Georgia Tech boys on there. Um, Agreed. So... <laughs> So rest of the offense, uh, not not a ton of surprises here. Deion Kane of Clemson, you know, stepping into a much bigger role for the Tigers. Obviously, he's got a ton of talent. Uh, a guy who, you know, was kind of a third or fourth receiver in that offense last year, but was extremely effective when the ball was thrown his way. Amon Richards at Miami, obviously spectacular freshman season, one of the best young receivers in the country last year, looking to take that next step for the Hurricanes, who by all accounts are going to be pretty good. Cam Phillips at Virginia Tech, another guy stepping into a little bit of a bigger role now with Isaiah Ford and Bucky Hodges moving on. Cam Serenay, a tight end for Wake Forest. He's been one of the top tight ends in the conference for the last four seasons. He's moving into his redshirt senior season. Look, if Wake Forest has anybody in John Wolford and Kendall Hinton that could get him the football, that would be huge. Serenay should be pretty good. Jalen Samuels, NC State, all-purpose player. Samuels does a little bit of everything for the Wolfpack. I mean, he's a really exciting player to watch. He doesn't get nearly enough the, nearly enough hype. Um, I, I think he's a guy who's flown under the radar every year since he's been there at NC State, and he's increased his role over the last few seasons. He's the all-purpose player there. Uh, quickly going through the offensive line, Mitch Hyatt of Clemson, Brian O'Neill of Pittsburgh are your two tackles. Tyrone Crowder and Wyatt Teller. Um, Crowder, of course, of Clemson, Teller of Virginia Tech, both at the guards, and Alec Eberle, uh, Richard Jr. from Florida State, uh, rounding out the offense. Joey, do you have any snubs here on the offensive side of the ball? Um, I personally was struggling to really find anybody. Um, you know, I thought that Naheem Hines of NC State might get some love. Um, was a little bit surprised that he wasn't on the list, but then, you know, I kind of looked at the other players there at his position, and it wasn't a huge surprise. Um, 
at the receiver position. I mean, kind of hard to go off of Kane, Richards, and Phillips. Um, I mean, anybody that you, that you know of on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, I think the media pretty much got this one right. As weird as that sounds to say, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I don't. I can't see any obvious ones here that were snubs. The only one that might stick out that even made it later in the in the team, and we'll talk about that maybe here in a little bit, is Quadri Henderson out of Pittsburgh. Um, but he made it as a specialist, so we'll, we'll get to him. But other than that, I'm with you. I didn't see any obvious snubs, and I think that's pretty indicative on an offense of uh, just where the conference is. You know, kind of a rebuilding year after again so many uh, talented players departed after last season. So. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I thought that they got this one just about right, and I don't have any issues with anybody that was left off of this team. Interesting about Quadri Henderson there, and I think that's a good point. So you got Quadri Henderson and Jalen Samuels, right? So Henderson, of course, return specialist, Jalen Samuels, all-purpose. But I think you can make a great argument for Quadri Henderson being the all-purpose, all-ACC player, as good as Samuels has been for NC State. Uh, Henderson has been every bit as good for Pittsburgh. I mean, that offense is nothing without him. Um, as good as James Conner was last year, Nate Peterman was pretty good too, but Henderson was electric for them. So uh, maybe a little bit of a snub there, still made it on the team. So maybe that's a way of backing him in there and you know avoiding any controversy as much as there could be with you know preseason All-ACC teams. Um, defense. You know, I didn't have a ton of problems here either. I mean, obviously, it's safety position. Derwin James of Florida State, Quinn Blanding of Virginia. Real quick, why is Quinn Blanding still playing for Virginia? Why didn't he just take his talents at the NFL, as good as he is? I That's one thing I've kind of been tossing around in my head. I don't really understand. I feel like Quinn Blanding has been at Virginia for like a decade now. And I realize that he's, what, I guess going into his senior year? So he's been playing for three full years as a starter there, and he's – Really damn good, as you said. I mean, I would have expected him to go to the uh, to the NFL. So, I don't totally know why he didn't. I don't know that I blame him for not. You know, I mean, if if he wants to get an education, get a degree, and set himself up for life after football, I mean, I I can sympathize with that case as much as anybody. But at the same time, from just like pure football reasons, I mean, the longer that you play without getting paid, the the longer you have a, a chance to get hurt. You know, and disable yourself from getting play getting paid. So. On some level, yeah, I'm, I'm with you as well that, you know, Quinn Blanding maybe should have gone to the NFL last year when he could have. But at the same time, I mean, Virginia doesn't hurt having a, a big-time playmaker like that back on their defense alongside Micah Kaiser, who's also on this team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I if, if it were me making that decision, you know, being as good as fo- being as good a football player as they are, I maybe would have had to been tempted by going to the NFL. But – I mean, at the same time, I mean, I get the, the goal of also wanting to, to get that education and be set up for just in case football doesn't work out kind of thing. It's a degree from Virginia, too. Virginia's obviously a very good school. Um, yeah, you know why Quinn Blanding feels like he's been there forever? It's because he's the only player we ever talk about from Virginia. I mean, no offense to Micah Kaiser. Micah Kaiser's a great player, linebacker for them, but we're always talking about Quinn Blanding, and for good reason, of course. He's on the All-ACC team. Um Okay, so linebacker, you mentioned Micah Kaiser, Shaq Quarterman from Miami. He's got to stay healthy. I mean, he, he was hurt last year as a true freshman, but you saw how good he was when he was healthy and, and at his best. Tremaine Edmonds of Virginia Tech, he's earning a bunch of honors. He's on watch lists. Um, 
you name the watch list as a defensive player or linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds is on it. Tavares McFadden at Florida State, Jair Alexander of Louisville, both at the cornerback position. And then defensive line is unbelievably stacked. Defensive end Harold Landry, Boston College, Bradley Chubb, NC State, two defensive ends. And then at defensive tackle, we got Dexter Lawrence of Clemson and Christian Wilkins of Clemson holding down the interior of that defensive line. Clemson's going to be really solid this year on the defensive side of the football. They're going to have to be in order uh, for them to, you know, make headway as one of the better teams in the Atlantic division. Of course, with everything they're losing on offense, they got to be really good on defense. They don't have much of a choice. So, uh, you know, I think Dexter Lawrence and, of course, Christian Wilkins, really just no-brainers there uh, on the defensive line there for Clemson. Yeah, I'm looking at the voting for the defensive line, and the defensive tackles, Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence, each had the same 105 points, which I'm guessing is pretty much unanimous first-team votes uh, for those guys, I mean, and and well-deserved. Um, I, I wanted to maybe make a case that Derek Nottie at Florida State should have gotten on one of those spots, but, I mean, I just don't know that you can deny the production and the impact that Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence had on that team last year and figure to have this year as well. Um, as we've kind of mentioned a couple times in this podcast, I mean, the, the defense is going to have to carry Clemson this year, and I think it starts up front with those guys really causing havoc and causing problems for opposing offenses. Um, defensive end, I think the only – maybe the only issue that I have with the entire team, and I don't know that I could even make that strong of a case for it, uh, Josh Sweat from Florida State, I thought that maybe he should be included on this. But realistically, when you look at returning production of Harold Landry and Bradley Chubb, both of whom – uh, return and, and brought a whole lot of production back for Boston College and NC State in particular. Um, I, I mean, I don't know that I, I could really put together an argument that really holds a lot of water there. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I feel weird saying this, that, you know, in a preseason all-conference all team that the media got it right. But, I mean, I just can't really poke a whole lot of holes in this, this whole team, you know, where there are guys that are just blatantly left off. And again, I think if you look at the voting and the gaps that there are between people that made it and people that didn't, I think that that just further kind of uh, displays how obvious some of these picks were. And obviously, by the end of the season, you expect some of these spots to be different. Maybe guys just aren't as good as they were last year. Maybe guys get injured, etc. But it, it, you know, for where we stand right now, just looking at who's coming back and who's deserving of these spots, I think this is pretty much spot on. Yo, Jeff Smith of Boston College got a vote for all ACC at receiver. Why? I don't know why. I'm trying to figure that out myself. Um, Hunter yeah. Renfro was the fourth receiver on the list out of Clemson. Okay, and so that's that's something too, right? Because this goes back to our argument about the ACC as a conference this year. Hunter Renfro, really nice receiver, right? Nice slot guy to have, really reliable route runner, great hands, obviously did everything you did in the national championship game. The kid's no scrub, former walk-on, really good football player, not going to take anything away from him. But the talent level in the ACC at wide receiver, for Hunter Renfro to be the fourth best receiver in the conference in the preseason voting, that's going to tell you the kind of drop-off in talent, specifically offensively in the ACC. And like you said, there's going to be plenty of guys who are going to make this list that aren't on here right now. 
There's a lot of talent at wide receiver in the ACC that's unproven, and that's part of the reason why Hunter Renfro is fourth on the list. And not to completely slight Renfro, everybody loves him, but I think you understand where I'm going with, with this argument when I say that his ceiling as a football player is not quite as high as some of the other players on rosters across the ACC. I mean, there are plenty of receivers at Florida State. Auden Tate is one. Um, Nyquan Murray is another. You know, two guys at Florida State that I think have a higher ceiling than Hunter Renfro, but are both lower in the rung of all ACC receivers when you look at the preseason voting. So, you know, there could be a little bit of talent drop-off on the offensive side of the ball, and I think that plays into that conversation as well. Specialists, Mike? Um, we got Michael Badgley, kicker out of Miami, A.J. Cole, punter from NC State, and specialist, you know, returner, I guess you could say, Quadri Henderson out of Pittsburgh. The only, I mean, if you maybe look at the kicker position, I mean, maybe Ricky Aguayo from Florida State, he was a little bit behind uh, Michael Badgley, Joey Sly from Virginia Tech, Greg Hugel from Clemson. I don't know that there's a whole lot of clear-cut picks here. I mean, again, you lost Harrison Butker out of Georgia Tech. I'm sure you lost others. I'm pretty sure um, uh, Cody Blewett from Pittsburgh left because I would notice if his name was on here, but it's not. Uh, a little bit of a rebuilding year from the place kicking and uh, punting department as well. This is like drafting. Uh, just, this is like drafting your fantasy football team. You know, you pick the hicker last. All the media members are like, "Yeah, Badgley sounds good," and they pick him. And there are always guys on the free agent pool too. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no idea. I thought that was fine. Uh, I thought Quadri Henderson well-deserved in the specialist spot. Uh, didn't really think there were any obvious um, any obvious uh, choices there beyond Quadri Henderson. Um, overall, the, the media poll coming out of Media Days, Mike, they got Florida State winning the Atlantic Division, and they got Miami winning the Coastal Division, both in, in kind of runaways from first-place first votes uh, perspectives. Any issues with those? A little bit of an issue with Miami because I'm a Virginia Tech homer. So I think having them like a thousand votes, not not literally a thousand, but having them like a thousand votes ahead of Virginia Tech, I think is absurd. I mean, Miami was far and away the pick in the Coastal Division. They're the trendy pick. I'll believe it when I see it. It's like any of the other Coastal teams. Like until you have a quarterback, you know, I have a really hard time putting you ahead of like say Virginia Tech who I think is going to have the best defense in the Coastal Division if I'm picking a a team to win the Coastal which we'll do eventually and I've thrown it around I've said Georgia Tech I've talked myself into Miami a couple times I've obviously I'm a huge Virginia Tech guy I'm an alum so I'm talking about their defense and how great it's going to be we know nothing about the offenses we really don't so you know I had a little bit of a problem with Miami being like the runaway favorite in the Coastal I think it's far from a runaway. I think Miami's got a lot of talent. Not going to take anything away from them. Mark Richt, really good coach. He's recruited well. 9-4 first season. They should be pretty good in year two. Justin Fuente, expect the Hokies to be really good in year two. I expect Georgia Tech to be really good. Um, that's the only real problem I had. Um, the Atlantic Division, you know, I think they got that right. I mean, Florida State's got all the talent in the world returning. Clemson's primed to take a step back just because of all the talent they've lost. We've gone into that ad nauseum on this podcast already. Um, Louisville is like that third team with Lamar Jackson. Like if they have an offensive line that's functional, which by the grace of God, you hope is the case because of what happened last year. I mean, Lamar Jackson winning the Heisman. We've talked about this is like one of the single biggest stories of last year. It's unbelievable. He won the Heisman with as bad as that offensive line was last year. But yeah, I mean, 
the Atlantic is probably going to go pretty much chalk. I mean, Florida State, Clemson, 1-2, and then Louisville. I'd be surprised if, you know, that wasn't the case. And then the Coastal's wide open, so it's hard to have a ton of problems other than Miami being the runaway favorite. I could see Clemson and Louisville flipping for 2-3 in the Atlantic, just based on, again, as much as Clemson's lost. Um, in the Coastal, I thought it was noteworthy. So, first of all, I'm, I'm good with Miami being the Coastal pick. They'll probably end up being my pick as well. Um, I thought it was noteworthy that in the Coastal Division, six different teams got at least four first-place votes, which is just ACC Coastal is all get-out. Um, can you guess the one team that didn't get any votes, Mike? That would be Virginia. We have a winner. It was Virginia. Did not get any votes. Surprise. Sorry about it. Um, By the way, that's like the fourth year in a row they haven't gotten any votes in the Coastal. Fourth or fifth year in a row. Pretty bad. Bronco Mendenhall has his work cut out for him. Um, yeah, no, I think Miami is the obvious pick. Obviously, we've, we, I mean, we've talked about they have everything coming back. Everything is in place except the quarterback position, which can be a little tricky. So if Mark Rick can get that figured out, I think Miami's in good shape. But as, as I mentioned in the last one, I think – I think getting the quarterback figured out or not is the difference between like an 11 and one and seven and five Miami team. So, um, you know, we'll have to keep monitoring that, um, ACC player of the year, obvious pick Lamar Jackson. Um, Mike, any thoughts on that? Pretty deserved. Uh, pretty deserved. It's hard to not pick him after what he did last year with that offensive line. Like I mentioned, um, I mean, DeAndre Francois is going to get a lot of love because he's going to be really, really good. Florida State's going to be really, really good. Mark Walton maybe at Miami could emerge as a guy if Miami ends up being really good and he runs for like 1,700 yards or something crazy. Um, I think he's a guy to watch too. So there are a lot of guys out there who I think you know could play in that conversation. But you know, in my opinion right now, it's going to be a two-horse race at least going into the season. I think it's going to be Francois and Lamar Jackson, who's everybody's pick. Not a huge surprise. And then I think if Miami's good, it could be the quarterback of Miami or Mark Walton. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility either. If I gave you Lamar Jackson versus the field, even odds, which one are you taking? Uh, I think I'm taking the field just because I don't think media members in general love to pick the same player to win the Heisman, to be the player of the year twice in a row if they can help it. And there's no data. to I don't know if there's data to back that up or not. I just I've kind of seen it be a trend you know people like something that's new that's just the nature of people right they like something that's new DeAndre Francois was good last year he could be great this year everybody wants a great DeAndre Francois it's good for TV when Florida State's like a national champion team right it's good for college football it's good for TV ratings it's good for everything that might push him over the top with Lamar Jackson so I, I think I would take the field especially if DeAndre Francois is in it if I gave you Lamar Jackson and DeAndre Francois against the field I'm taking the two quarterbacks. Interesting. The second one is a lot more tempting to me. I, I, I'm with you on the first one. I would definitely take the field. But if you add Francois and Jackson. That's tougher. Yeah. And I'm with you that I don't ex- I don't expect a, a Lamar Jackson repeat for take your pick on what reason. But um, Francois is really intriguing there for Florida State. So something to keep an eye out for. Mike, we have a go ACC moment of the week. First one of the season. We do. We do. And, ah, man. This one hit really close to home for me, Joey. <laughs> it did. Um, 
so ESPN held their car wash with. Let's just jump right into it. So ESPN held their car wash with all of the college coaches, right? They they bring in some coaches for interviews and talk about the season and what the expectations are. And they brought on Justin Fuente this afternoon, Joey. And they had Justin Fuente, head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies, is the caption, you know, right under his name while he was ta- right under, you know, the the video of him when he was talking, right? The live shot. At- at Coach Fuente. At Coach Fuente on Twitter. No issues there, right? Then, Perfect. Then you know what they say after that, Joey? Guess who his starting quarterback's going to be, according to ESPN? Josh Jackson. Yeah, see, that would be a normal guess. Kurt Benkert is going to be the Virginia Tech starting quarterback. That's funny. No. See, that's funny because last time I checked, he plays for Virginia, which is something. So When did... When did Kurt Benkert transfer to Virginia Tech and become the starting quarterback you get to watch all season, Mike? So, yeah, I mean, just shoot me now. Um, <laughs> so, Josh Jackson, out the window. Hendon Hooker, see you later. A.J. Bush, transfer back to junior college. We're bringing in Kurt Benkert, and he's going to be the next big thing. Uh, God, ESPN. That, Problem you know, solved. Yeah, they would do this. This, that's, man, it's a little embarrassing. That is... And, and you know what, Mike? Frankly, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. This is the best conference in college football. You cannot be confusing teams. This is like saying Jalen Hurts is now the, the, the starting quarterback of LSU. Like, that's not, can't do that, that's not Joey. the case at all. That's <laughs> you can't disrespectful. Do that. pa- Paul Feinbaum's house would be burned down if you said that Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback of LSU. Like, that's just that's a disgrace. Yeah, I don't want to offend Mr. High and Mighty, Paul Feinbaum, man, I'll tell you. Shame on you, ESPN graphics creators. That is that's not acceptable. Uh, Mike, okay, so we've covered a lot here. Uh, I don't know that I have a whole lot else to cover unless you had anything else. I am good, dude. I think we're pretty solid here for another off-season week. I mean, we got to get in a season preview soon for all of these teams. I think that's the one thing everybody gets to look out for now moving forward. I think we're heading down that track. I think this might just about wrap up our off-season coverage. I think with the uh, the ACC kickoff event in the books, I think it's time to start previewing teams, like you said. So start keeping an eye out for those. Uh, we're going to try to drop those one at a time. Last year we did three at a time. Um, I think we're going to try to break them up into individual previews this year. Uh, so keep an eye out for those. Those start dropping here over the next couple of weeks. Um, I think we're going to try to get some special guests on for – a lot of them or hopefully each one or, you know, time will tell. We'll have to see, Mike. I'm all for that. I think we're going to try to reach out to some people that we know and get some people on the pod who you may or may not have heard from before. I mean, I think people who have listened to us now for the better part of the last year know who a few of the guests will be, but maybe some new faces will be on here as well. Maybe we'll bring on somebody from Wake Forest and, you know, defend ourselves slash bash wake forest slash defend ourselves right that's what we're gonna do yeah we got stuff to talk about when it comes to wake forest yeah we're gonna kick them out of the conference <laughs> we're not mike we're uh, whatever we'll talk about it later um cool well mike this has been fun um so in the meantime you know until our next show and you guys can come find us on twitter i'm at ftrs joey he's at mike mcdaniel acc and together we're at bc podcast acc uh, you can send your feedback on the show, or you can send your first, you know, the first question of the show. We will answer unconditionally to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. 
that's you Mike. That's your cue. You nailed it, buddy. Sorry. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, you can come find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud. Um, I, I, I'm going to keep saying Spotify. We're not there yet. I don't know that we ever will be. Time will tell. Let's say it until it's not a thing. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe you can one day find us on Spotify. Um, so just keep, keep watching Spotify. Um, Mike, where else can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference. I got it right this week, Joey. What can I Hell say? Hell yeah, you did. You so, nailed it. You can find our podcast here. Please review us. We, uh, Somebody review us for the love of everything. I know you people are out there listening. We see the views. We know people are listening to the podcast. Go and review. It'll take 30 seconds. Tell us that we suck. Tell us that we're good. Ask us about different segments you'd like us to discuss on the podcast. Maybe um, you know some people that you know that are fans of the podcast or fans of certain teams that want us to talk about more or less or bring people on as guests i mean we're open to a lot of different stuff here so whatever you got go on facebook go on soundcloud go on itunes comment review rate us we're getting into year two here joey we're making good progress i think we're trying to take that next step forward as a podcast so any input from the listeners is much appreciated can only help us out here in the long run Hey, and by the way, shout out Shane Del Solar for uh, sharing one of our sh- one of our posts on Facebook. Thanks, Please Shane. Keep doing that. You're the man, Shane. Um, you are now in the running with Mr. Andrew Parker for number one fan of the Basketball Conference podcast. Hear that, Andrew? <laughs> Up your game, uh, Mike. This has been fun. You want to do it again sometime soon? Absolutely, buddy. All right. Well, until then, we appreciate you guys listening. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Until then, go ACC. Go ACC.